Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast. We got a big show today, including the roast of Kenny Omega. But before we get to that, let's talk about our fine sponsor, Lucy Nicotine, as a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and develop for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy's Created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. That used to be my, my favorite nicotine alternative when I was uh, when I was taking the lozenges. Love me some cherry. each, But each and every flavor tastes great, and it's convenient and discreet. So you can enjoy it on a flight, at work, in the gym. I don't know, under the ground. I don't know who I'm talking to, Saddam Hussein there. Uh, it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Wrestle Roasts listeners, go to Lucy dot co and use promo code roasts to get 20 percent off all products on your first order including gum or lozenges that's lucy.co and use promo code roasts r-o-a-s-t-s at checkout also i have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co Co, C-O, and be sure to use that promo code ROASTS. Now on to our show. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. We got Scott Chaplin, Robert Karpolis, Mike Lawrence, Zachary Million. We got a packed show. Uh, we're going to get to the roast of Kenny Omega in a second. But just to let you know, uh, Dave, uh, the roast of Dave Meltzer is on the horizon, May 10th. You can only get that if you become a patron. We're also going to be reviewing The Chaperone. And just to let you guys know, a couple of the roasts coming up. Next week, we got The Ultimate Warrior. The week after that, we got Jerry the King Lawler. Then Big Daddy Cool, Kevin Nash. And uh, just announced, like right now, I'm just announcing him. Uh, we have the following four roasts are Rach Macho Man, Randy Savage, Batista, Sting, and Rob Van Dam. The whole fucking show. Well, let's get to, to the rest of the Kenny Omega. But before that, 
Let's talk about the bright side of the ring. And there's a lot, uh, I, I feel like this is a recurring line every week, but there's a lot of good things to say about Kenny Omega, but nobody is going to say them better than Russell Rose co-host Scott Chaplin. Scott, I see the floor. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I, I actually think he's underrated in, in, in a lot of ways. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is uh, AEW doesn't exist without this guy. This guy didn't deny a WWE contract two years ago. He's been denying a WWE contract for over 10 years, I believe. Um, he made his own path. He blew up in New Japan and brought new eyes to it. He brought my eyes to it. I mean, you could say Okada, um, but it just isn't the case. I mean, no, Okada uh, is amazing. Brings but the Gaijin. Yeah, Gaijin brings the Gaijins. He is the top Gaijin. He's the first Gaijin to win the G1. He won the title. It was a huge deal. Um, being the elite is an enormous deal. I mean, you could say that being the elite made Adam Cole popular and, um, you know, he was a part of the bullet club with them too. Uh, his hand is in so many great things and without a doubt, uh, every year for God. Okay. So I saw the other day that it was the five-year anniversary of him versus Michael Elgin in a ladder match in new Japan which means that summer is when he wins the G1. So it's five years this summer. That means five years in a row he's had the best matches uh, in the world for five years in a row. Uh, and I don't think match-wise that is debatable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure other things will be said. Go ahead. Mike, what, what do you think about old Mr. Kenny Omega? Um, you know, I, I, I often approach this uh, – topic from the perspective of just having written about the person and he was the easiest person to write for but i also don't know if i wrote jokes or just opinions so we'll see <laughs> i think that you know he's divisive in a way between you know what you think old wrestling is and what new wrestling is but i i, I think overall i i don't disagree with a lot of what scott said I definitely think he was really important to um, AEW's, you know, obviously current success, but immediate success in terms of having that guy that you haven't seen, you know, I mean, Young Bucks had some exposure in the States. Cody obviously did, but this guy that everybody's talking about, you know, like in the nineties, there were those bands, like you know, he's kind of like Radiohead where I can respect Radiohead I'm never going to love Radiohead as much as the fans, but I can see why he connects to the people that he does. And 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 also, you know, he, him and the Bucks, you know, I, I, I'll put them, even though they were not pushed in New Japan. No, not even. People forget Not even that. close to the way people remember they were, it. They were I mean, they like were kind Rapongi, of... 3K. Yeah, even though they won the titles often, it was like those titles got passed around at the time. And Tag titles in New Japan are fucking worthless, bro. Yeah, <laughs> man. really I mean, worthless. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I respect those guys, the uh, the Samoan dudes, but I but, mean... But another note, it's like, you know, this 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 Bullet Club thing and the t-shirt sales at Hot Topic, that's, that's them. That's the Bucks and Kenny. That's not Finn Balor. That's not the Good Brothers. Mm -hmm. That wasn't happening. Um, they were not selling T-shirts. Kenny and the Bucks started selling the T-shirts um, in a way that was, you know, like profitable, like, holy shit, this is taking over. Some Funko Pops, the first wrestlers outside of WWE to have a Funko Pop. Uh, so there's like all these little random things that you wouldn't think matter. But I mean, it's been it's been 20, what, 20, how many years? 
When did WCW go out of business? 2001. 20 years. 20 years. Some people would say that T-shirts are the only things the Young Bucks have ever sold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be a lie, but a fun thing to say, I guess. <laughs> it's cute, but wrong. Okay, also action figures. Moves, not so much, but action figures and t shirts. Hell yes. Uh, my problem with the young but they sometimes sell too much. I mean, they're fucking selling for every new tag team under the sun. Uh, Robert, what did you, uh, what did, what did you think about Kenny Omega? I kind of feel like, uh, somehow Mike stole all my answers without us conferring the, with the band that I wrote. I was going to use a band analogy. I wrote that Kenny Omega is Rush. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you love perfect. Rush, Rush is like the the sun rises and sets. If you play it for a, a regular music fan, you're going to get a lot of weird looks from some people. And a lot of Rush fans are a lot like a lot of Kenny Omega fans where they are passionate and die hard and don't understand why he wasn't always the biggest mainstream guy there is. Um, in the same way, writing stuff for, for Kenny Omega, I was veering into, I just have very strong opinions about his presentation of wrestling versus mine. And I think that you see that in AEW. And I think he's needed in AEW because him and Cody are the yin and yang of that product. One is trying to create a, a very Japanese style um, product where it's, it's a, it's a very focused in ring product. And then you have Ken or you have Cody, who's trying to do a much more traditional sports entertainment world. And you can see who's producing what oh, and man. where, and I want to see what that's ultimately going to lead to, <laughs> but you're getting this interesting dichotomy on that show. I can't uh, believe, you know, Mike's got to leave early. I cannot believe he's not going to be here to talk about the Cody QT bus fight, but keep going, Robert. I just, I just want to say I have to leave early because I'm, I'm in Florida seeing my family and I can't be in Florida and also watch a bunch of people give each other COVID in Jacksonville. <laughs> All, also, the original up. nightmare family in Florida is uh, Mike Lawrence's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the name of the documentary about Mike. Yes, and I'd like to think the reason why Mike and I are not seeing each other is because of COVID and not just mutual lack of interest. <laughs> yeah, it's not just because neither of us can look each other in the eyes. Um <laughs> <laughs> just don't just don't drop a jar of marbles around robert and mike i mean um, robert robert saw me do stand up in boca raton in an italian restaurant like five years ago and i mean we're not beating that in terms of peaks uh, <laughs> uh, but, but me, also what, like i want i want to say i mean this is this is also a guy who doesn't kill it on the mic you know what i mean i mean oftentimes there's a fucking jokes. fumble you know and <laughs> and so to and, and, and yet not to just be, oh, he's a great wrestler in the way that like Dean Malenko was a great wrestler. It's like this guy has sold stories like you talk about cinematic matches. When I did first watch like the Omega Okada matches, the Omega Naito matches, it's like, oh, this is cinematic wrestling. I am watching a story unfold in this way. And it's like when it's done that well, it it, it is so undeniable that you, you do have to. uh you know, sweep s- some of the other stuff under the rug with that, uh, with that broom. Yeah. I mean, what's amazing is that he is from Canada and he talks like English is his second language. It's, uh-huh. it's phenomenal. Like it's every time he talks, it feels like he's translating for somebody else. <laughs> well, you know, uh, 
Mike took the words out of Robert's mouth. Scott took a lot of the words out of my mouth. I mean, uh, I don't think I don't think AEW happens without him. I, maybe it doesn't happen without Chris Jericho. It definitely doesn't. I think it's Kenny Omega, it's Chris Jericho, and Vince McMahon's booking. Those are the three things that get. Well, it's, it's also Chris Jericho doesn't stop working for WWE if there isn't a Kenny Omega. Right. Exactly. If there isn't yeah. a guy to go fight in Japan, no, none of this happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and just you know the body of work: Kenny versus Okada, Kenny versus Tanahashi, Kenny versus AJ, Kenny versus Jericho, Kenny and Hangman versus. Versus uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny versus Laredo Kid. Uh, it, it, he's just, it's just everything with Abushi, the Golden Lovers. Everything that, with Abushi. I mean, that's it, another it, thing. And it's like not even uh, like you know, because you look at the Meltzer scale and you go like, okay, there's some, there's got to be some odd bias occurring, right? Well, I Daniel mean, Bryan doesn't have a five star review. That's all exactly. Um, but when you do watch some Golden Lover matches, you go, <laughs> wait, am I watching? Wait, how is this possible that I might be watching one of the best? or better tag matches I've ever seen. Do you like the and, lovers better? Or the and it's Bucks? just him and, and Ibushi. Uh, do, you, do you like the lovers better or the Bucks? No, I think, I mean, I think the Bucks are another group that it's like, I mean, at least now we get to see it and, and it's, <laughs> it's syncing up. Thank God. Cause that was, a, that was brutal to them as faces and then tweeners, but they're not. And, uh, but no, I think the Bucks are like one of the greatest tag teams ever. Yeah. You know what's you know what's interesting, you know, is Robert's kind of talking about like the the dichotomy of like the company is somewhere between like what Kenny and Cody thinks wrestling is, and you know the one thing you could really give Kenny credit for, at least in AEW, is that he cares and he keeps trying. You know, where it was like he came in. And a lot of people were like, where's the Kenny I love? And, you know, he did kind of step back. But, like, now, you know, I, I see it's like the thing, like, do I think he's gotten better on the mic? Maybe, maybe not. But I definitely think he's got a character he's more comfortable with. I think the Bucks are more comfortable. And Cody has just completely, like, given up uh, whatever he was doing for whatever he thinks he is now. And it's just <laughs> embarrassing. And it, it, at least like, you know, Buck, the Bucks and Omega at their worst in the company were under delivering. Cody is just delusional. Well, well dude, Cody's and, just and, delivering a bunch of shit you didn't order. It's like, uh, dude, you brought a grand piano to my office. What is going on? <laughs> it's a baby. girl. <laughs> Yeah, and you, no. you know, you, you, you hope eventually they, uh, they cross paths and there's a feud, right? Oh, Cody versus Kenny and the bucks. And that happens. And then you, Dude, how do you do that? Interested how again. do you do that? But I, I will tell you this, like be, being a fan for a while now, Kenny was on such an unbelievable role. And then in ring of honor in new Japan, he started feuding with Cody. Oh, and it went downhill. It wasn't very good. Like they had, you know, that ring of honor match. I think it was like the night before mania. Very underwhelming. Very underwhelming. It wasn't very, it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't I, I don't even know why I brought that up, I guess, because you're bringing up Cody and the potential of that happening. And it's like that's like one moment where I go like, oh, that was like kind of uh, wasn't as awesome as I expected from Omega. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember Cody around that time. We were looking at an MLW of like, who could we bring in that would really make a splash? And someone suggested Cody. And the response was, that'd be great. But at some point, the bell has to ring. And he was so underwhelming during that period of time. I think he's figuring out who his character is uh, to some degree. It is whatever the hell it is. But I think Cody and, and Kenny are sort of the two halves of Triple H. 
you know, Triple H was obsessed with, I have to have the best matches and I have to be the best and only face the top guys. But at the same time, he has an uncontrollable ego and needs to have his hand in everything and, and elevate his people. And somehow he's split into two halves and that's Kenny Omega and Cody. Yeah, I, I, I think with Cody, he's had good matches. I mean, his match against Dustin at Double or Nothing was a was a classic. And he's had some good match, like Jungle Boy had a terrific match. But, you know, notice what I'm saying. Like, whoever I'm saying it with, I mean, they are the better worker. I mean, even Jungle Boy, I think, is probably a better worker than Cody at this point. Scott, what, what would you say? Yeah, it's, every it's time hard. I see I mean, Cody, it's, it's like he's still – like he's doing an impression of like a classic thing, a classic match or something. Scott, know? I have a question for you. Do you yeah. think we've seen the best of Kenny Omega? We've had eight star yeah. matches and all this. Has he already peaked and anything he's going to do now is, is repeating on a different stage or does he have another gear? Well, I think about that all the time because um, even someone like Austin, right? You go like, did he ever even top the feud with Brett? Like aside from driving out and cool things, it's like there's so many guys that you go, how how long was the actual? I think his feud, pinnacle he of definitely it? topped the feud, but not the match. Yeah, sure. and you go like, how long was the pinnacle of this guy is actually the shit? And it's like the pineapple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's a stupid company. Uh, and they do that. It's not a stupid company. I'm joking. Relax. We're in the oh, no, side. The, come on, we're in characters. We're doing different characters. I'm the pussy. <laughs> it depends what you what you think the shit is, also. And I mean, mm. you know, this is the ever continuing argument we're always gonna have the you know, Professor Xavier Magneto in a plastic prison argument that. Yeah, Austin just came oh, out. Of a bunch I didn't of know vehicles. it was possible, but we actually lost even more female viewers. No, <laughs> 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 we could get any less, but now we have negative. Um, <laughs> but anyway, what I'm going to say is that it's like, yeah, Austin, you know, battled McMahon, and maybe the matches weren't as great, but the amount of money versus the Brett feud, it's like you can't even argue it. Yeah, I mean, and also the promos. I mean, I just rewatched the. Uh, burn the SmackDown hotel to the ground. I mean, it's just um, unbelievable. Uh, and the last thing that I'll say too is, as far as like positive things about Kenny, like I went for the roast, I went and I I looked up a lot of old Cornette clips, and like it's funny because like when Cornette actually watches some of the matches, he's not as nasty. Like he's like, well, this move looked fantastic. Like he'll he seeds a lot to Kenny Omega. Like he just he more hates what Kenny represents. Another thing too, like. Kenny Omega has never been like Chris Jericho or CM Punk or AJ Styles, where he said, where he's gone out and said, I'm the best in the world. He's never like, it's always been people, other people saying he's the best in the world. Like, you know, like he's kind of like Daniel Bryan in that way, you know, like, I, I guess he's got an ego, but he's got more of an ego than Daniel Bryan. That's, that's not fair. But like, I don't think that he's, you know, he's never said that he should be watched as much as Hulk Hogan, you know? Like, he's never no, said he's he not required coast taste, you know? It's what he represents. But, but to go back to, to, to what Robert said, and, uh, and his analogy was, was, was perfect, uh, you know, if Tom Sawyer comes on the radio, fine, but if someone tries to tell you Rush is great, it's usually insufferable. Like, I don't even think that Cornette hates Kenny as much as people who – tweet at Cornette about how great Kenny is. But but I also think you're you're missing a huge a huge block of people who just tweet Kenny hate in a way that's like demand I mean I, I see things weekly that you go this doesn't even make dude botches that Rich Swan made on Sunday that 
people are going, look at Kenny mess up. And then people go, well, that was rich. And then you, and then they go, well, Kenny should have known better. Should have known I don't, what better. Here's like, the deal. Just make up shit. I don't think Cornette hates Kenny Omega at all. I think he's really angry about the fact that he sees this incredible once in a generation talent who is squandering what he has. It, I mean, to use a weird analogy, it feels a lot like if you watched Uncut Gems and when Adam Sandler's an amazing actor and then you saw his next movie was Hubie Halloween, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He yeah, should I heard be doing- was, wasn't bad. Oh my God, because <laughs> David Spade was in it? We get it, you love David Spade. Look, if you're part Robert, of $10 I'm tier, to, you Robert, know why I said we only that. Have, we don't have enough $10 tiers. I'm trying to get a job, bro. I, but, but, that, but that's my point. It's like Cornette would love to have had Kenny Omega and shape him from day one and make him into by far the greatest wrestler ever instead of seeing this guy wrestle a, a sex doll or or cut these goofy promos and do all this wacky shit when he's like, you could be the greatest that there is. You're just not doing it right as far but as Cornette is concerned. According to Jim. Though. According to him. Yeah. I'm not saying he's according right. According to Jim. Oh, I wish according to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> the, fav- yeah. the best comedy of all time. If Jim Belushi was doing this. Was just- Jim Cornette, his wife, and the 10 people that fuck her. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> also, uh, I saw Kenny in Long Beach, and uh, man, I mean, it's he really is special. Oh, dude, I saw him versus Phoenix in like a fucking some shithole in upstate New York, and I, I mean, just... Unbelievable. Again, the best match I've ever seen live, yeah. You could have just said upstate New York. It was redundant to say it was a shithole. <laughs> Uh, and it's yeah, like, I'm yeah, I mean, look, not as many, not as many eyes are on it, you know, but you, you have to adjust to that. Not as many eyes are on anything. And you go, oh, well, this thing has That's more, true. you know, hey, this song has more downloads than any Beatles song. And it's like, yeah. And then in six months, people go, fuck this song. I'll, like people turn their backs on everything now. <laughs> we're, like we're disloyal. Like we are very different. You know, we don't yeah. hold things in high regard for long. The demand well, is strange. You know, it, it's interesting that you say that, Scott, because I, you know, like it's like people bring up these like weird comparisons where it's like, well, is John Carson as good as Letterman or Letterman is good? Like, like, no, the problem is Johnny Johnny Carson never had to compete with like the Outdoor Channel because that wasn't an option then. You know what I mean? Like, like now the you time, there was like five comedians ever, and yes, they weren't was- friends with each other. <laughs> well, it's also, yeah. you know, like when you compare SNL. What you're really doing is you're comparing yourself at the different ages you watched SNL. Oh, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're That's just it. like, man, it's just not as good anymore. I mean, my wife, doesn't, you know, my wife doesn't love me as much. It, it, it's SNL's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and also this whole belt collector thing, which I mean, wherever they're failing, if it's if it's contractually like, oh, we're not allowed to show certain things. If they film this episode before he got the title and that's what happened. Uh, I, I don't like that he didn't bring out the belts, but but I will say people that go, oh, it's impact. What does that do for Kenny? Um, it's like Kenny's the name. And even if it brings a thousand more eyes to it, it's like it's something. And at least he can do that. He can go around and bring eyes to other things, um, which is kind of kind of him, because this is not helping AEW. But we are in a pandemic. And, dude, these companies, I mean, very seriously can all go out of business. All of them besides WWE and AEW. And and that's just because, you know, this two and a half year contract and they're probably keeping their financials very secretive right now. Well, comedy, I mean, comedy has been getting it. Even in New York, it's been getting its ass kicked as far as anything. Attendance isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea of like Kenny going to impact, what does that do for him? It's like. Dude, if it's a thousand more eyes, maybe a company will go, hey, we're not going to pull the plug on this, uh, you know, yet because everybody's at risk. And I think that's kind of cool of him to show up and 
help out even in the very little that it is. You know, he so is he's wrestling like Jesus. He's wrestling yeah. Jesus. He did donate all that money for the the Jacksonville the the shootings and shit too. I, I, I do I do just want to say before we we start this roast that you know I will not be here for the show after the roast, but. You know, if Scott's defending Kenny Omega for 20 minutes at the beginning, then do you even need to do an AEW review? <laughs> oh no, no, because that well, okay, hi, uh, you Where definitely is. want to talk about it because that's one of the that's one of the only things. I didn't, I, I didn't watch crazy. Dynamite. That, that's right. I, I actually got to go soon, so we can do. Let's get to the roast of Kenny Omega, Zach, Mike. All right. Wrestling used to be watched by millions and millions of people, and now it's exclusively enjoyed by broken nerds who wish they were nine again. And Kenny Omega is their king. <laughs> He's elevated wrestling to an art form. It used to be a successful business, but now it's an art form, you guys. <laughs> underrated. AEW is back to under a million viewers without any competition. Let's not mention ratings at all when it comes to Kenny. <laughs> oh my god kenny you killed wrestling you bastard <laughs> how do you describe kenny to someone who doesn't know him oh, okay you know how hogan austin and cena sold out arenas across the world well kenny has both the aew and impact title at the same time <laughs> <laughs> he's like if daniel bryan couldn't make enough eye contact to seduce the bella twin He's the dominant heel champ. He's like Brock Lesnar if he beat all the Mega Man games instead of his wife. He's not the most entertaining wrestler from Winnipeg, but Winnipeg, but he is the least fat. <laughs> yes, Kenny is that 12-year-old that can beat you at Fortnite. He's got no social skills. He's really great at one specific thing, and he should stay away from the microphone. He can have a great match with anyone and a great promo if you really lower your standards of what a great promo should be. He's Dave Meltzer's favorite wrestler, which feels like the meanest thing I can say about him. And he's the wrestler Jim Cornette hates the most, which is the nicest thing I can say about him. <laughs> he was the leader of the Bullet Club, which is appropriate because he has the personality of a mass shooter. I wouldn't have had to do it if the world was as fair as my video games. Uh, <laughs> Kenny's approach to AEW was, if you build it, they will come. And the they is Scott Chaplin. And the come is all over the place. There's definitely a bigger explosion when uh, Scott sees Kenny than when Kenny has a barbed wire death match. <laughs> when he wrestles, his matches get five to six stars. When he books a women's division, he can't even make one. Kenny's strategy for booking the women's division is called every woman wrestler in Japan, and when it turns out most of them can't get visas, just give up. <laughs> Kenny has been helping design the AEW video game, and honestly, I can't wait for both of them to come out. <laughs> I'm not saying Kenny's gay. I'm just saying the idea of him and Ibushi finally embracing each other publicly gives me a bullet chub. <laughs> I mean, seriously, golden lovers, golden showers, you do you, Kenny. You and Coda humping each other in chocobo costumes. I know that's Scott Chaplin's Final Fantasy. <laughs> that's it for me. All right. Mike Lawrence, everybody. Mike Lawrence. Robert. Robert. <clears throat> Good news. Dave Meltzer has already called this the single best roast ever. <laughs> do you think Melcher's kids look at him and ask why he can't love them the way he loves Kenny Omega <laughs> I, 
I, I'm sorry, Carly. It's nice you won your soccer game, but what have you done against Okada? <laughs> Kenny Omega was born Tyson Smith, which already sounds like the shitty NXT name they're going to give him. <laughs> Fuck. As a hockey player, Kenny Omega played goalie. While outside of hockey, he's primarily the catcher. <laughs> Kenny Omega looks like he's out of the game Contra. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right is how he jerks off. At least according to the video Scott watched, <laughs> which, which Meltzer gave eight stars. Kenny Omega loves Japanese culture, which explains his wrestling style. He also loves Mexican culture, which is why his nickname is The Cleaner. Kenny Omega had a match against a nine-year-old girl. No, wait, that was just Marco's stunt. <laughs> Kenny Omega wrestled a nine-year-old girl and became the face of AEW. Marty Skull did the same thing to a 16-year-old, and no one will hire him. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that Kenny Omega versus a nine-year-old match, and I'm pretty sure I'm now on a watch list. <laughs> but to be fair... Omega versus a nine-year-old girl was better than most of the AEW women's matches I've watched. <laughs> Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi formed the Golden Lovers, a nickname they stole from Triple H and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Omega was a member of the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is what would happen if the members of the NWO could work. <laughs> the Bullet Club was basically a t-shirt company that could wrestle. Though, unlike Nike, the only slave labor they used was Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Omega loves playing video games, which endears him to his fans who are used to playing with themselves. <laughs> Kenny Omega won the Impact World title, which is like Michael Phelps winning the gold medal at the Special Olympics. <laughs> Kenny Omega is straight edge. He abstains from alcohol, tobacco, drug use, and if he can help it, talking to Scott Chaplin. All right. That's it for me. Thank you. That was great. Damn. Whoa. The roast of Kenny Omega. Sunny Kiss is who Kenny Omega isn't brave enough to be. <laughs> his, his hair is what his, his Kenny's hair is what would happen if you tried to make pasta using the guns from Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a fun kid joke, I guess. Uh, Kenny was originally going to WWE, but Johnny Ace hired the wrong one-winged angel. It's just a sweet, fun, namey joke, guys. Kenny is great. what hap Kenny is what happens when you get rid of football and only fund the theater department. <laughs> Kenny is a legend. Not only is he the first wrestler to get seven stars, he's the first to do it while not drawing money. Uh, Kenny, Ome Kenny Omega has the same gear as a woman teaching yoga to pay for her acting classes. Uh, Kenny is the AAA champion, which sounds like something they forced Titus O'Neil to advertise in a local commercial. <laughs> Kenny's favorite match is Lonnie Poffo versus Hulk Hogan, which seems about as sincere as when a gay bar elects chair president. <laughs> Kenny Omega is what Tim Allen's afraid comedy will become. <laughs> Cornette is pissed because before Kenny showed up, the cleaner was what the big show made Jim do after he fucked his wife. Oh. <laughs> uh, he actually uh, was a pretty good hockey goalie. He just pretended the puck was Rio's pussy. Oh. 
Kenny Omega is straight edge, though he does enjoy sex on a beach. Not the drink. That's what him and the young lions had to do in Okinawa to stay warm. <laughs> uh, if, if the Proud Boys were called the Bullet Club and the Bullet Club were called the Proud Boys, then January 6th would have never happened. And in both cases, Papa Buck would still be there taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Lovers sounds like either a really progressive tag team or the luncheon special a Chinese restaurant offers when they're getting rid of expired shrimp. <laughs> Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club prove that you can get far without kissing the ass of the higher ups as long as you're willing to hang out with a guy who makes Rain Man look like Marvin Gaye. <laughs> All right, that's it for me, folks. Kenny Omega. I guess that's just me. <clears throat> All right. Kenny Omega, he's the greatest Canadian wrestler to not have killed a kid. But according to Jim Cornette, damn it, he could have. (laughs) Kenny Omega is bilingual. Uh, I actually found an email Kenny sent Dave written in Japanese after he broke Dave's uh, star scale. The email reads, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. (laughs) (laughs) I just love calling Meltzer a robot. (laughs) Uh, Kenny turned on AJ Styles to become leader of the Bullet Club. AJ wanted to clarify, Kenny turned on him. Kenny did not turn him on. Kenny's the first Gaijin wrestler to win the G1. Such an impressive run in Japan. I mean, the last time someone was pushed that hard in a foreign country, Natalie Holloway sank to the bottom of the ocean. Oh! (laughs) Pew, pew! (laughs) Kenny Omega is an artist in the ring, like like Van Gogh. But instead of cutting his ear, they should cut his mic. Don Callis, uh, is the hand invisible because it barely gets a million viewers? <laughs> so wait, if Don Callis is Kenny's father figure and Kenny is the Michael Jordan of wrestling, in a few months, Don Callis is going to be found shot in his car over gambling debts. <laughs> Double or nothing. He's the first wrestler outside of WWE to get a Funko Pop deal. He's also the first wrestler to have a Funko Pop that's body and head is to scale. He's a giant head. (laughs) Kenny's V-Trigger has done more damage to Japanese brains than hentai porn. (laughs) And uh, lastly, his finisher is the one-winged angel. One-winged angel is how bisexuals exist in heaven. (laughs) You get one wing and you kind of flap in a circle. <laughs> oh, the roast of Kenny Omega. That was uh, fun. I, that was fun. I just want to say that this roast, I think, revealed more about our personalities than any other roast. Like, <laughs> me and Robert were like, but he can't book a women's division. Dan's like, he's gay. And Scott's like, I give up because I can't hurt those I love. <laughs> he's almost too handsome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm like, he's gay, you, and that's you are cool. usually, like, the most vicious person on this roast. And, dude, 
It was tough. You like caressed him this week. It was tough. You rubbed hey, and man. tugged, Mr. Omega. Hey man, look, if there's no flaw, you know, because it's like, you know, they, they do that thing, you only roast the ones you love, right? But yeah. the idea behind that is that you guys know each other. It's not like the ones you love, but you never met them. That's fucking weird, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So it just I just go, well, that doesn't fit the math of, of roasts. So uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> Oh, the roast of Kenny Omega. Mike, you got to head out now, right? Yeah, I got to head out, guys. Um, I just want to quick plug. Um, I did the research on the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage documentary on A&E that will be airing on Sunday. Awesome. uh, That Billy Corbin directed. That was genuinely one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life was working on that thing and just watching a ton of matches and documentaries and shoot videos and stuff i mean randy is my favorite wrestler and uh doing that project really cemented it for me so uh check it out if you can on any that's great man and and thank you billy for the times you've like put our show in your instagram stories and shit yeah billy's uh, great yeah check it out thank you mike mike right, lawrence thanks, everybody brother i'll be back next week yeah. let's move on to show and hell this week uh scott picked it and we did Kenny Omega first an 11 year. It was an 11 year old girl or nine year old girl. I don't know. But to Cornette, it was nine <laughs> eleven. <laughs> Guys, we did not plan that. That was, that was pretty phenomenal. I got to say, we never planned that. That was pretty. Uh, that was pretty phenomenal. That's that, that may be the greatest thing I've ever done in comedy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I watched this man. It's fine for what it is. My, my big note for this was if you haven't seen it and, and odds are if you're listening to our show, you've seen Kenny Omega versus this little girl when I got done watching it, I'm like, what's the difference between this and every Regis appearance? You know, like it's just like, yeah, it's fun. It's silly. It's dumb. But you know, for me, I wasn't looking at it as a, as, as a wrestling match. I just was kind of looking at it as, as like a publicity stunt, you know, and it's not Dude, even it's like, close to the worst thing we've watched in show in hell, by the also, way. Also, it's like, do you know the silly, on the show. Like- the, the silly things people do when they go to another country like there this was also during a period where like there wasn't all this focus on Kenny Omega so it's just like hey we're doing things in DDT fun is to be had it makes sense in the context of of that night the audience got a kick out of it I mean the one thing you can say is hey that's a little kid she could have got hurt um but I mean, you ever see like these cool damn circuses and freak shows? You know, the best ones are when it's families and they got the they got the nine year old out there. Yeah, you know, any child actor gets hurt. <laughs> you know, like in some in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was fine. I mean, and then also, you know, there's other stories of like the young bucks super kicking like a little kid who wanted to be kicked or something. Uh, and I think that was in the states. I don't know, man. If it's mapped out and it's safe, I'm. It's fine. Yeah. I, look, she if Kenny nine, said, by the way, yeah, if, 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 look, the girl and her family said, hey, what are, what's the plan? And he says, we'll call it in the ring. <laughs> hey, then I have an issue, but I'm, I'm okay with it. That's fucking hilarious. How funny would it be if it was Brock and he did that? Well, dude, Braun Strowman. Uh, I mean, I guess that kid didn't wrestle, though. That's not the same. I was going to say that kid, the tag match. No, nothing compares to this. Uh, no, this is a thing compares. on its own. No, that I was just, like a publicity stunt. I, that, yeah, that, I just don't. Oh, and the kid wasn't was... touched. It's totally different. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't find it offensive because of the, the context. I think context is key. Robert, what did you think of this? 
thankfully this is an audio podcast because the look on my face the entire time you guys are talking like i'm just like what the actual fuck um look i get what it i get what this is i understand why this pissed off cornet or anybody that has a a semblance of a brain and watch this and you're just like all right at one point he kicked this kid in the head and the kid still got up like you're you're I get why people hate Kenny Omega for killing the business, because if you if you believe that there was any integrity in wrestling, something seeing something like this would have killed the business. What WWE did with Braun and Nicholas was goofy and and weird and funny. But Nicholas never got in the ring. Nobody ever touched him. This girl got offense on Kenny Omega that he sold. Uh, it was it was haha. It was making fun of pro wrestling in a lot of ways. Because it was, hey, look, this is all just a show, which is fine. If this was her make-a-wish, that would have been okay with me. But they, they, he treated this a little too seriously. And there were certain points where, yeah, I was worried for this girl's safety, kind of. Like when he, when he lifted her up over his head and just kind of flinging her, like that could have gone bad in a hurry. It oh, was, I don't know about that, dude. Of Come course, on. he's could one of the she's, best. He's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. That's great. She, it's not like she's been trained. It's not like she really. Well, she knows was what actually. She's I doing. did a little research, and she had been training in that school that year. Which is creepy as hell about that school. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. That, like, that, that's kind even of like Izzy, that like Bailey fan, was not allowed to train. It, it was. It, it's ridiculous. It's but it, wrestling is always ridiculous. How many matches there were guys wrestle a bear like there's stupid shit that exists. This was people got up in arms about it. I remember he got like death threats over this, which is kind of ridiculous. Wrestling can be stupid. This was stupid. But at the same time, I will praise the fact that Kenny Omega demonstrated that he is an effective heel. And he wrestled this match in the way like he treated it like he was a dastardly heel. And if you watch this. He would have had real heat watching him beat up a, a, a small child. Um, I think people were upset that this was, quote unquote, exposing the business. But since this has happened, there's how many dance offs have there been on the indies? Or oh, the my thing God. Where they throw the, an you, invisible what do you think grenade? exposes more, Robert, the uh, the dance off or this? Oh, dance offs. This was yeah. this was kind of goofy and you could see. All right. You know, this was an exhibition and they were just trying to do something fun for this girl whatever they weren't treating it seriously i don't speak japanese i don't know what the announcers were saying uh where this is a wacky exposition you know exhibition in the same way like they had connor the crusher pin guys and win the title it's just kind of like oh it's a feel-good moment or brody's kid wrestling people in the lobby people weren't up in arms about it the other super performancey shit is what it is because it's like they're treating it like it's a genre within wrestling Fans don't have that sophistication where you see Will Ospreay and Ricochet do a dance off in the ring and you're like, oh, this is really cool for what it is. People see it like, no, no, wrestling has to be the same no matter where you are, no matter what it is. And any deviation is exposing that everything is fake when it's 2021. We all know what this is. And well, you know what exposed the business is MMA. Like when we when people started like, we're like, wait, that's what knocks people out. You know, like yeah, that's the yeah. ultimate exposing the business. Like, oh shit, like none of this is real. I mean, they've Both known wrestling fake? was fake since the what the 30s when they accidentally published the wrong results. Yeah, I think so. Oh wow. So it's, it, it started it, it, out as a shoot and then became a work. It was a shoot, and guys got smart and they realized if we work the match, we can make more money and be and be in less pain and, and everything will be fine because no one wanted to watch those old matches from 110, 15 years ago when they would go for an hour and it would basically be MMA. 
I find MMA boring for a lot of reasons because I grew up uh, a wrestling fan. How could you fan. find the last? I mean, the last. I'll, I'll quantify it, Dan, because shit. not every match, not every fight in MMA is interesting. You get a lot of stinkers. You don't necessarily get the, the clean cut knockout. Or if you get a submission, it's not positioned for the camera. MMA is legitimate, so you're not going to get the right angle. And no, all right, we're going to cut to camera three. We're going to have the right angle when he locks in the full Nelson. You're going to see yeah. the anguish and tell the story. I worked in boxing. Boxing was the same thing. I watched a lot of really boring fights that were 10 yeah. rounds where you can't even tell if a punch landed or didn't. And then if a guy by some miracle got knocked out, you didn't really see it. You don't get the Dude, Rocky style. You would have loved boxing. this last UFC show because there was not like one good match on the card, but it was worth every penny and more. It was the craziest night of us. Uh, Scott, did you feel that way? Like you watched it. And you're just Saturday's like, fight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, start just, to finish. I was just so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Was awesome. It was just blown away. I mean, there wasn't like the first, actually the first round of the first fight was really great. Um, but then after that, it was just like shocking thing after shocking thing. Right. But that's a, it's the freak show mentality in the same way. NASCAR yeah. is great when there's a car crash. Otherwise yeah. just guys going around in a circle with, with pro wrestling, it's predetermined to give you the best show possible. Well, I actually disagree because I watched, you know, like the week before I watched a Robert Whittaker fight and, you know, nobody, you know, he didn't TKO the guy like that, but it was just a really like a wonderful, it was like a clinic. Like, so if you actually appreciate the sport and all I do is appreciate it, I don't know really shit about it. And like the times I've trained for it, I've been absolutely awful. So, you know. Yeah, but that it's different flavors of ice cream. When you're watching yeah. wrestling, you want the spectacular. You want, you want something different. You yeah, want a absolutely. spectacle. And, and Kenny Omega versus this nine-year-old girl was something that people still remember. And then when you see it, you're like, it really wasn't that bad of a match. Um, it was it was fine. Wrestling is what it is. And for that audience at that time, they enjoyed it. If you're a wrestling purist, you're, you're going to hate it. Uh, I know, Dan, you would ask, like, how would Vince have booked it? Yeah. He would never have done this. Uh, if they did something with a kid, it would have been the Nicholas thing or the kids in peril. They, they've done this with celebrities before where they put a celebrity in the match and the guy doesn't actually want to get touched and they, they avoid it. You wouldn't have Regis go in there with, uh, you know, Braun Strowman and he's going to take a power slam and get up because yeah. real people are supposed to die if anything happens to them in a wrestling ring. And Bad Bunny was the exception because he trained for months and they told the story that he was training for months. So it was okay that he was able to take moves and, and survive. Well, speaking of celebrities next week's show in hell, we will be doing the ultimate warrior on Arsenio hall promoting WrestleMania six. It is the opposite of how Belzer is like it, the polar opposite. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's really nuts. I mean, it, it, it really is like, like it makes you, it really doesn't, it, it makes you realize that the industry kind of missed the boat on Arsenio Hall a little bit. Cause like beside, you know, after his show, he should have had a massive career. Like he could have done the, he could have done the funny thing, which he always does. He could have done the Ryan Seacrest shit. Like, because he's able to like be in a ridiculous situation and make it work somehow. It, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, but um. Next up, let's break down this past week's AEW Dynamite and Dynamite or Fizzle. We're going to be uh, breaking down blood and guts big time uh, next week. But this week, uh, we had our, our parlay, our preview of 
of uh, Blood and Guts. In the first hour, we had Hangman Page versus Brian Cage, the Elite cutting a promo from a limo, Seidel's versus the Young Butts, a promo from Christopher Daniels, a promo from Jade Cargill, and Orange Cassidy versus uh, Pentagon. First, start out with Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Hey, that rhymed. Take it away, Robert. Uh, it rhymed. That was good. They uh, they jumped Adam Page before the match and, and beat him up. And then they still just had the match. Uh, I like Taz on commentary. He was trying to say, well, anything that happened before the match is not illegal. Uh, they treated Brian Cage beating Adam Page as this massive upset, which felt a little weird. But this kind of talked about what I've said before. They made Adam Page the number one contender and then realized we have no intention of putting him in there with Kenny for a long time. We got to do something with him. So now he's in this in this feud with with Brian Cage and the the Dark Order and, and Team Taz and all of that. The match itself was was fine. It was one of the better Brian Cage matches I've seen. And uh, yeah, Scott, what did you think of this? To, well, to me, it's like, do, do you think they realize like, oh, he's the number one contender, but we don't want him to fight Omega already? Or it's just, no, that's obviously the plan is like, they're going to tease you that he's going to get there. They're going to tease you, you know, you know, they're going to give you blue balls, you know. But it's not blue balls, because what's the point of like the point of the ranking system is when you're the number one contender, you get a title shot and it came up elsewhere throughout the show with with Britt baker and with scu being like we're number one we well, want that a title was fun. shot that was actually really fun it was all fun but at no point has page gone out there and been like i've been the number one contender for two months where's well, my title shot well because he well he actually he ignored the question like a few weeks ago um when i think it was marvis asked him like there is that sense of nerve there was that sense of nerves in him he isn't ready to fight omega it's beautiful beautiful storytelling and that needs to be the story they need to tell and not be well, subtlety I, and wrestling I, doesn't I, always well, I think that I, I actually I'm not against the ranking system. I think it I think it can work. I think they've botched it a lot. Yeah. And that's like one of the reasons they had to do this. But, you know, look, I, I'm fine not having Hangman and, and Kenny at uh, double or nothing. I, I don't know what match you ever play. I have an idea where you replace it with, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I thought Pentagon versus Orange Casty was fantastic. Um. Yeah, I had no problems with this first hour, dude. I, I love this first oh. hour. Yeah, man. This. I mean, it, name everything that happened this first hour again. I, so you had the Page Brian Cage match. Then there love. was the Elite in the limo. Okay, with, Elite with in the Nock, limo. With Knock doing the hung. Elite in the limo. Awesome. I love. Yeah, I love that too. I thought you know what they they finally fully were playing the shitty heels who were okay to show ass when they were like we're not scared we're not scared they hear the horn they all jump and it wasn't goofy silly like hi we're winking at you like they genuinely now seem like they're kind of scared of, of uh, moxley which i like and, and they say and they say oh we you know we have another limo for your belts and so it's like okay now that's why the belts aren't on him maybe it was taped before sun I, well, this I was taped yeah this was taped last thursday it so was. This was taped before okay, he yeah, won so the he title. doesn't even have the title and right and and that's a flaw in in a segment that happens on later that i want to bring up uh but yeah, I did love I loved that a lot. Um, then what came right after that? Sidell's and the Young Bucks. Man, Bucks just shined. That low blow was so cool. I really loved it. I thought low that was blow cool. spot was great. What, I what thought the crack- Christopher Daniels promo was really good. What cracked me up though is at one point Don Callis on commentary said, "I'm impressed by Matt Sidell, and I don't impress easy." And then I realized you run Impact, so you're impressed by pretty much anything. <laughs> 
It's also he wanted to say it about his brother, too, but he forgot his first name. That definitely happened. For sure. <laughs> Pete Seidel is really good. Well, and, and then so, so, so then they do this uh, Christopher Daniels promo that I thought was great with Frankie Gazarian. And they go, we're the number one contenders. And then that like you go, wait, what? Where have you been? Right. There's that weirdness. But then next right. week they announce that there's going to be a four way for uh, an elimination tag yep. to see who fights them now. I think that is an error, but I will say this, uh, since AEW hasn't screwed me um, often. What if they lose that match next week? What I if think the that's Bucks, a great idea. What if the Bucks cost them the victory and then the Bucks are fighting the Varsity Blondes on the May 12th taping? You know what I mean? Hey, an easy win for us. It makes them heels. And then you get the Christopher Daniels-Kazarian breakup at double or nothing. I love which, that. I mean, look, we don't care, but in, in, in the context of AEW, it it does matter. It's supposed to at least, you know. So yeah. do that. I didn't I didn't love the Daniels Kazarian promo as much. I thought part of it was good, and then part of it, like Daniels getting all fired up at the end, felt a little inauthentic. It was like, hey, we can curse, so I'm going to make sure to say asshole. But um, it, it'll be an interesting story to tell. I like your spin on that. I hope, and then if it doesn't happen, you know, I I'm going to freaking slam my balls in the door, boys. Yeah, but you, you would do that I anyway. Do. You're yeah. a, you're a, you're just a you're yeah, a, but I'll come if it's good. Just a, yeah, you're a grand old cock over there. Yeah. All right, second hour, we got Britt Baker cutting a promo on the ranking system. The inner circle pinnacle parlay: Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander, the fa- <laughs> the factory versus the Nightmare Family, Cody and QT on a bus, Miro Sabian backstage, and the TNT title up for grabs. The Dark Orders 10 versus TNT champion Darby Allen. Scott, what did you think of the second hour? I uh, did not like it as much as the first. So the first thing that happened was was what in this in this Tony hour? and Britt in the back. Okay, I loved thing. that. Yeah. Then what? Then it was Pinnacle and Inner then Circle. It was the for... Pinnacle oh, my MGF God. Inner Best thing in the that world, was, guys. Come on, shut up. Watch it. If you're listening, you haven't watched it. Just <laughs> Dude, pause and watch it. I mean, everybody knocked it out of the park, right? Eh, Sean Almost. Spears. <laughs> that was a bunt. He That's, fucked the yo, mic. You got to do he the bunt to, set, to set yeah. it up. You know, you got to get yeah, a guy on first. I thought, I, thought Spears, <laughs> I thought Spears did a good promo. It's just he had the shit luck of fucking up the swatting the mic thing in the beginning. He swatted. Like, he fucked the swatting the mic, but he felt like he was reading lines. But everybody oh, else, he, was fine. he felt, you know, what it was? he felt so inauthentic because what surprised the hell out of me was Sammy Guevara as the fiery baby face was so fucking good. There oh, he was I've, great. I've always thought that he could play that role because he in real life is a heel. And I wanted to see how he'd be as a baby face. <laughs> he was, he was fantastic. Uh, Dax got a little intense with the, I'm willing to die for a wrestling match, <laughs> but I like the Santana and Ortiz of like, you know, go give your kids a hug and kiss. And I was like, that was, that was Dude, really Dax, good. Dax is what he's like one of the bad guys in Roadhouse. You know what I mean? He like, he always just feels like, like he's, he's like, he's rubbing your face in the fact that you ain't from this motherfucking town. You know, like he has that vibe every time he picks up a mic. Yeah. And I like Chris pick or MJF picking apart Jericho with the, you put the company on your back. We thank you for it, but look at how tired you are. Look at how broken down you are. Your eyes are bloodshot. That's not why his eyes are bloodshot, but it's like, <laughs> I thought that was, that was, there was like, everyone it was like Marlo cool in the wire, like Marlo in the wire, where it's like uh, uh spoiler alert when he before he kills before he kills prop Joe, he said, Close your eyes, Joe. You know, like it was like that pitying sort of thing. But I got yeah, worried I for this segment. segment though when they started with the motorcycles because 
Tony Khan's like vehicle fetish. But that, that nothing. <laughs> I really tweeted happened. Wild Hogs reunion. I thought it was the Disciples of Apocalypse. I got excited. Oh, but... dude, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I don't know why they do that, but I liked it. They sold well, let's it. hope they let's hope Jericho didn't bring those from Sturgis or else there's gonna be another outbreak. <laughs> and then this led to the greatest match in, in uh, AEW up until later was Eddie Kingston, Michael Nakazawa. That was fun. I thought I, I love Nak in that role. Right, uh, yeah, I want to hear your guys take on this first. Actually. I mean, I, I just said I, th- I thought it was fun. My, my problem. My, what I'm struggling with is. I love Eddie Kingston as a heel and I still keep thinking of him as a heel when he cuts a baby face promo. So, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I liked it. It was very WWE ish in the way that it was set up. I kind of realized that Kenny Omega's character is basically a, a garage store, a garage sale version of Roman Reigns right now, where he's like, I've got henchmen and I've got my mouthpiece, except, you know, Roman's henchman is Jey Uso. And Kenny's henchman is Michael Nakazawa. I did like him being like, all right, you can sacrifice him. He knows what he's getting into. That was kind of cool. But then again, I felt like they kind of rushed things and you could have, you could have ended with Nakazawa getting his ankle broken and then wait a week and then wait for them to get their hands on each other. But like, they got to build blood and guts somehow. Um, yeah, this, you, you know, so I'm going into someone who freaking watched uh, Rebellion on Sunday. You know, I want to see Kenny with the belts. I don't I don't realize, oh, this was filmed prior. So there's that uh, disappointment. Also, true. also, you know, that 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 limo thing, which I thought was so good. I, I don't know when it was filmed throughout the day or if it was filmed after the fact or before this, but. It's like he sets up what he said in the limo out there, um, almost as if he didn't know they would be filming the limo thing. And so you're hearing like a repetitiveness. And it was just like a little also a thing with, dude, honestly, the announcers, I have a big problem with them tonight. And and it might not even be their fault. It's just there's a communication thing where so now Brandon Cutler gets pushed out by Moxley, which, oh, my God, would have been the coolest thing ever, because on paper, this segment fucking rules. But Tony, uh, uh, Tony Schiavone is like Cutler out on his knees. And you're like, well, wait, so he's cr- did the good brothers throw him out there? Like, there's just confusion because he does. They don't even acknowledge that he was thrown out there until Moxley attacks him. It there's there was just like, so when did he talk- join up with them? Did I did I black out for a second? I'm sorry. Who? Brandon Cutler, when did he join the... the oh, oh from so like he's BTE. the Bucks bitch. He's like, yeah, yeah, he films them on BTE and stuff. And he's oh, it's like, a BTE thing. So like the last time I saw him, he was, you know, Dungeons and Dragons wrestler guy. And now all of a sudden he's there. Yeah, he's their best bud. You know, like, he, yeah. He, I mean, it's the best thing like, that they could have done. Them and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Except Which I, I do yeah. love I mean, that. I love the young boy stuff. He, he, he gets them the ice packs. He sprays them. I, I like this young boy stuff. I like it, that, but he's too tall for that. It makes them look tiny by compare all of those guys tiny oh, by comparison which is uh, but that's a minor nitpick um minor you know, nitpick. I, I will say look there's a way i will say this about kenny omega and the young bucks man man do they know how to book their friends better than cody Rhodes? because <laughs> <laughs> like like you know like we went from being like what is nakazawa and brandon cutler doing on tv to now being like okay no this was really fun in their role and this is the way these should be used and these guys are actually really great at it these are really entertaining you know like well, and also like they're like, they, they're like they, billy k's you know like they're entertaining yeah. they're fun yeah and you throw out a guy to get eaten without you know destroying you know squashing his reputation or whatever that people complain yeah. about you know, things that happen 
Um, exactly. And color videotape stuff. So, so you get to have these interesting moments of this is our private camera guy. We're in like wrestling so often. It's like, wait, why is there a camera here? Like, so they're filming, you know, last week in the, in the truck. And it's like, we got our own personal camera guy. So then when they hit the truck, there's not a camera guy in there who also gets hit. It's Cutler gets hit. And so he runs out with them or whatever the hell they decide to do. You know, Um, I don't know. It just opens up the door for cool little things. Can what we was talk not cool about... was Taz and Christian and their little promo. Oh, oh totally. I totally skipped that over. Christian's new slogan, which is win or learn. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, he's I... the lamest person ever. Dude, you know what it is? He, it's one of those things where I, I, I do see it and I go, man, that's so corny, you know? And then I, and, but then I walk away from it and I go, win or learn. Man, I, I really did need to learn that. You know, like I, I kind of needed to hear that. Oh, like, you were... You AEW shit Christian, Christian is three, two, one. Contact is, the wrestler. Dude, that it's is just, the most AEW apologist thing I've ever heard Scott what? say. I go, hey, sure, he's boring, but he's my dad. You know, that's Christian. <laughs> I feel terrible. I love Christian. We've all, we, we've always gotten along. I've known him for years. Not this anymore. Just, yeah, him and Ta- I know him and him and Taz. It's, this is brutal, and I feel bad because I know the story like they're him. trying to tell, but it's just. They're weird and going through the motions like a Penelope Ford Chris Statlander match. Wait, I thought those girls got a lot better uh, in their defense. Moving I really, I, yeah. I, well, we don't have to harp, we don't have to like go into it because it wasn't, you know, the match was whatever, but they have gotten a lot better. Both, yo, how about I go this far? The women's division has been like extremely enjoyable for like six weeks now. I mean, I don't, I don't know, know about six weeks, five weeks, four weeks. weeks. I mean, I seriously, have to go since, back and run the since tape the Britt Baker, uh, Thunder Rosa match. Scott, you have to understand how much they have. But wait, get ready, get ready. I I think double or nothing main event is going to be Britt Baker versus Sheeta. I think they're going to go for uh, for a women's main yeah, event. As long as they put Britt over, I'm totally cool with that. They're so woke. The yeah, only yeah. thing that <laughs> I want, the only thing that I want to talk about, um, first off, this Miro from now on, I love this Miro. I think you could turn this Miro face and have him feud Kenny Omega. Uh, why not do it? The only thing that I was like truly like was puzzled by is. The end of the show is Groundhog Day, man. It's always like somehow Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page shows up and then Lance Archer makes the save and then we're kind of like hinted and then the Dark Order and Sting find respect for each other. And it's this weird thing too where, you know, like I understand the first time of having the Darby uh, story with, um, who's the guy that just got hurt? Uh, The, you know, the- the Silver? Silver having that story, but they just repeated the story again. I, I just don't know why, you know, you don't just, you don't just beat baby faces like that. Damn, I, I hate to because say like this Cornette, is, but, this is legitimately know. nitro. They're literally redoing. If you ever went back and watched nitro nitro, like eight weeks in a row would end the exact same way. They would have a match. Something would happen. Then the NWO comes out. They lay everybody out. Sting drops in the rafters and they leave. And it'd be the same thing over and over and over again. That's what we're getting here. In this weird pre-tape match, what was strange was the narrative they built for 10 was great character development. Him talking about the importance of Brody. And I'm like, I really want to get behind this guy. But he's going up against the number two babyface in the company because he's the TNT champion, Darby Allen. So who am I cheering for? The guy who's fighting for the man who inspired him, who, who passed away? Or Darby Allen, who's the fighting champion that we're supposed to love? It's a it's a weird narrative. It, it They keep doing it. it it's completely lost the 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 cachet for it uh i would rather see darby overcoming heel challenges and be like yeah this guy can beat anybody and he deserves it versus him beating baby faces i want to see get more of an opportunity like jungle boy or 10 
What did you think, Scott? Are you too harsh? Uh, I thought the match was great. I think when it comes to a thing like, oh, why are you putting faces against this person who is, we're, we're also supposed to be cheering for, yeah. it's as simple as it works with Darby. It's you're sitting there and you go, well, that doesn't make sense. And you go, yeah, but with Darby, it does. Like there are exceptions. And for some reason, um, wait, wait, Darby wait, is a wrestler that, like, that can like get the best. Yeah. Like, you know, you get the best out of a person uh, and you're just happy to be seeing this. You know, there's respect. Darby can flip guys off, even though the Dark Order are good. It's like there's just a. Uh, there can be respect. You know, but you, you the, go, you the, go, you go, look at these teenagers. You know what I mean? You right, go, oh, but, when, but when it's your main event, you're telling a big story. The audience needs to be invested in someone. They need to be like, this is my guy. Because if they, if, if this was 10 against a heel and they put this package together and it was 10 against, let's say Brian cage for the TNT title. Holy shit. You're making a baby face. Mm-hmm. Instead. This is just kind of, you're, you're you're kissing your sister kind of thing where it's like neither guy really got fully elevated in a way where they could have otherwise. And I think that's the first hey, kissing your sister. That's Grizzly Smith's gimmick. <laughs> so it's beating up nine year olds, but Kenny Omega <laughs> took it. Uh, look, guys, uh, oh, we forgot the highlight of the show. Yeah, I think come we're on, saving we're this for the, the highlight of the show. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. I can't believe we almost forgot. Um, I thought we were saving it. Oh, as but the I, I, I will Let's talk say about. We, all right. Can I, I can I can I preface it? We've sure. been building up this match for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's happening next week on Impact. And that, my friends, is Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. It uh, will be happening. If you didn't see it this week, the uh, Nightmare family went up against the factory, and it was all downhill once QT took his shirt off. <laughs> uh, out, outside, they had a crazy bus fight. Um and one of the, I think like my fate, one of my favorite moments of wrestling this year, it's like a high low spot for me. Like I didn't know where to put it, but like Cody waiting to kick, to drop kick QT as the bus door opened for a good, like five seconds where we could clearly see Cody was there. I mean, that was, that was, that was awesome. That was like pure wrestle crap. That was like fun wrestle crap. Uh, before we get to Robert's take on this, Scott, what is going on? You think, what is Cody's head like? Well, I, I didn't see anyone mention this. Like what's, what's the deal with the bus? How did QT have it? It's Cody's bus, right? Like that's the thing where I go, I go, could the commentators just say something? Even if you got to make up something like I'm sitting there noticing that, QT and these guys are in Cody's bus, right? They show up in Cody's bus. Uh, are we supposed to know? Like the thing is, we don't know QT's music. So when his music hits and it's Cody's bus, <laughs> we don't know what the fuck is happening. We just see Cody's bus. Like the announcers have to go, wait a second. If this is QT's music hitting, like just let us kind of know. Just let us know what's going on and guide us through. Cause I, I really just didn't understand. And now Cody's in the bus, but when did he, he was in the bus when you, Was he in the bathroom when you guys hijacked the bus? Like, there's just, (laughs) it's just like a little confusing. But again, otherwise, it's like, dude, this QT Marshall feud, uh, you know, deny it all you want. It's like spectacle, man. If you were flipping through the channel and every time you were flipping through the channel, you accidentally landed oh, on Jesus this view. You'd be like, damn, baby, they're throwing money into this, this bad is, boy. There's a this bus. This is the only time this where I think a you're actually paid, on the bus. paid by the Khan family to host this podcast. No, this I, no I, mean, that, I mean, that's accurate it, where you go like, it, it isn't big because it's QT. But if you were flipping the channel, you'd go like, damn, they seem to care about this. I mean, it's nice to see them give a shit. 
Robert, what did you think about this match and segment? And how <laughs> how many how on a scale of ten to a uh, hundred, how 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 much are you looking forward to this match next week? I'm I'm gonna take off work the day after because I'm gonna stay up all night just rewatching that match frame by frame like the Zapruder film to really break it down. This is this is a continuing fever dream where I'm starting to think like this is a Tyler Durden moment where I'm secretly Tony Khan and I've been writing this show and I didn't realize I'm him. When that bus came out for a half a second, I thought they gave QT his own bus which made me so happy that they have so much money <laughs> with this vehicle fetish that QT Marshall would have his own bus. They should give him a van. That would be fun. Like a QT van. I'm like sure a- they gave him a van. <laughs> Them- fr- yes. It's a fresh direct truck and they like cross the fresh direct. Like, my hope was that he still had a key because he details that bus. And that was why he was able to steal it. The match itself was like the big, I didn't even write their names. The big dude that's with him, like he Tony Agogo like or oh that no, guy, the, the big the, berserker, the nerds guy. guy, yeah, berserker. The, yes, guy. the guy who looks like he died in WCW in the nineties. Um, <laughs> like he clearly wrestled on WCW Saturday Night and yeah. hurt, and he hurt Arn Anderson badly. But yeah. no, they, they made a go go look strong with he punches everybody and then they instantly explode. Which yeah, they're is building fine. that guy all right, man. That. They're building him up, but QT and Cody on top of the bus and then Aubrey getting crazy. up there for some reason and then it just <laughs> ended like nobody got thrown. I thought someone was gonna get thrown off the bus or yeah, it was giving me like the something. monster truck vibes of uh, it, it Hogan felt like Richard. that. It felt like that Edge Orton Mania match where they fought on top of like a truck for a while and then nothing That's happened. Right. Uh, the the visual of Cody on top of the truck of the, uh, the the bus while the fans were going nuts was a cool shot, but who gives a shit about this? Like this this needs to this either needs to stop or it needs to be uh, an Iron Man match next week because it beca- <laughs> it's become my favorite part of AEW for like the worst reasons ever. Like QT Mar- watching QT Marshall has replaced watching a Trump press conference where it's like I know I'm gonna hate this but I'm gonna secretly just savor the chaos and it keeps happening. At least he didn't adjust his trunks as much as he normally does. Dude, it's that 50 and older demo they're trying to get now that NXT isn't on Wednesdays. And look at the ratings for AEW Dynamite this week were uh, a little a little rough. Oh, they weren't good. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. like eight hundred seventy thousand. No. Yeah. Oh, but no. also, also, I had a question about about this. So that last hour that felt kind of you know you go oh, ten versus Darby kind of repetitive main event. You know, were they thinking, oh, Joe Biden is speaking right now? You know, Joe Biden. They they didn't know. They filmed this a week ago. This was a safe tape show. Oh, they didn't know that Biden. But when did they announce announce that this week? I don't know when they announced when he was speaking. They announced it ahead of that, a couple weeks ahead of that. But I don't know how many people. drops it like Drake. He's just like, new shit. Yeah. I don't know who was was debating between, I really want to know what's going to go on with the infrastructure plan, but I also want to know if Ken's going to win the TNT (laughs) title. Um Folks, let's get to some show business. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but if you're a $10 patron, you get our new show, Something to Sports Entertainment with, where me and Robert do exactly what we just did with Dynamite, but Monday Night Raw, which is why you have to pay more for it. Uh, Also, uh, our Patreon. We do not have an episode this week, but next week we will have the roast of Dave Meltzer and the chaperone the week after. It will be uh, WrestleMania Backlash. So those are the two patreon shows in a row and we will be doing the ultimate roast of the ultimate warrior next week so uh i wanted to i wanted to uh, add this in I, I'll, I'll i'll be tweeting 
probably during SmackDown tomorrow night because I'm going to be doing the Wrestling Podcast again, probably on Monday night because we're doing our podcast again. Um, but I also tweeted during Impact's Rebellion, uh, how long before my wife leaves me? I mean, I'm pretty sure she's going to have you institutionalized before that, because yeah. that would be, I, I mean, I, 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 I didn't see, this week. I didn't see the pay-per-view. I haven't really oh heard God. anything at all about that. Like that, it, it, I know Meltzer put something crazy out there, which was, well, th- this show was, is, was, the, was so Googled. It was the, you know, it's way more important than anything WWE is doing because Meltzer <laughs> is slowly decaying was, as a human. It was the most Googled show from my house. Yes. Um, AOL keyword. Uh, I mean, was was the show any any good? All I know is that Kenny won the title. I don't even know why, how, or what, and it didn't seem to really resonate on the internet all that much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think mean, there was some well, coverage. Think, so hold on, let's see. So I mean, Meltzer tweeted a few days after it happened. Impact Rebellion on one major pay per view company service that I just got a full report from was the eighth biggest pay per view since August. And had nine times oh, the number good. of buys as Bound for Glory. Then he said, oh, uh, "Overall, it, overall eighth, uh, fifth biggest in wrestling." Okay, well, WWE doesn't do pay per views, and yeah, AEW exactly. is the only company, yeah. that, or maybe Ring of Honor, who I don't think has done a show in, in quite yeah. some time. But it speaks volumes that people will tune in to see Kenny Omega. They're not; they haven't been tuning in to watch Impact. They're not well, tuning in also, to stick around. Also, so it, it, you know, we're recording right now. It's it's seven fifteen my time, but Impact is on tonight, and Kenny Omega is supposed to have like a championship celebration. So it's interesting. I mean, this is the Kenny Omega episode. Uh, li- like I said before, I, I do not look at Impact as this amazing thing uh, currently, but I do look at Kenny Omega that way, and and maybe something could happen if they actually just like commit to it. Cause, dude, they do have good wrestlers. Like you, like the matches good, were good, but then you just go like, the, the "Oh, we're in a warehouse. There's really nobody good. here. They, they're plugging in crowd noise." You know, I mean, Rich Swan as your champion, dude. He, I mean, he got winded after fifth. I mean, talking about like Kenny wrestling a, a blow up doll. I mean, the last ten minutes was Kenny wrestling a blow up doll. Was it? Was the show live or do they pre tape it? No, it was there's live, no crowd. Right? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because if there was no if there was no live crowd, then they should have pre-taped that show. Then they had to have pre-taped it, right? You would think. Yeah. I, you one would think, but I don't. How do you plug I in crowd know. noise so quickly? I mean, I guess WWE does it. Eh, I don't know. You I don't know. If, uh, but, but anyway, I think to answer your question, when will your wife leave you? I think if listeners rewind this segment and listen back, <laughs> you, you could actually hear the door slamming <laughs> about two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, FTW, bro! <laughs> it's time for high spots and low spots. High spots and low spots. One thing we loved about wrestling this week: a high spot. One thing we didn't: a low spot. My high spot. Uh, I sound like a bit of a WWE mark this week, but uh, Roman Reigns unveiling his new shirt when he pointed at Daniel Bryan and he said, "Hey, that's you." And guys, man, Robert, we can do what we do for Raw, but do it for SmackDown. So uh, if you want to do that, that would be great. Uh, just giving you an idea here. Um, and uh, my low, my low, my uh, my low spot this week would probably be Tony Khan at the Impact press conference, and also Tony Khan in the uh, audience of of Rebellion. It is uh, it's rough, man. What did he do? He just. Uh, 
he just looked like, you know, he wasn't wearing a suit, you know, I mean, like, it was just, he just looked like a, like Richie Rich one, <laughs> or like, like, you know, rookie of the year, but with, with general managers, it just felt like. So Mickey little Mouse. big league. Yeah. It felt, it felt real Mickey Mouse. The, yeah. The, and it's the, just, I don't know, it's just like the whole press conference. You had Jerry Lynn up there, and Jerry's great, uh, but I wish they had, like, Jerry in a suit. You know, it just it felt like Super Mickey Mouse until Kenny showed up. I, I don't know. Am I being too harsh, Scott? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I thought I thought Kenny knocked it out of the park. Oh, Kenny was awesome, and I thought Rich did a good job, too. Yeah, I thought, I thought Tony – there was moments where I thought Tony was – was doing his part as, you know, this person who is very frustrated that Kenny Omega is the guy who represents his company, that he's like this outlandish prick. Like Kenny, like enunciated a word wrong. I forget what word it was, but it like, oh, like in the, in the, I don't know, but he said like in the annals of history, you know, and then Tony yeah. did him like stuff like that where you go, oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, my low spot was Braun Strowman just being inserted into uh, a main event that we don't we don't need. Um, I and, and he was in like what three matches on Raw? Three. Yeah, yeah man, and he's like, dude, he's crazy. not the guy like in any in any sense of. of he's he's of a one word. segment guy. That's the guy. He yeah, is. man. So it's it's just weird. It's it's just weird seeing that happen, uh, and that was a bummer. Honestly, my highlight was that. What's this guy's name? Drake Gortz, the the NXT referee. <laughs> uh, did you see yeah. him crying, uh, discussing like something? QTNN. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. the one documentary I will say this: the documentary he's talking like that organization does do some good shit, you know. Like, so I don't want to like completely throw those guys under the bus, but uh, obviously, you know the. I mean, there's not a. You're talking about the think... organization. Oh, about like ch- uh, child trafficking that he was talking. Yeah, about. that that like they do some good shit for sure. You know. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just but, the highlight I mean, for me just, was just everybody's. The un- like, there's no Hollywood cabal trading, you know, baby parts or whatever the fuck those guys think it is. Yeah, it's just one of those the things that happened craziness. this week that it yes. made me laugh. I mean, you know, so someone on Twitter asked CM Punk, like, "What's your favorite storyline in you know WWE right now?" And he said the QAnon group and NXT. <laughs> so, you know, like people are just taking jabs at him, and I, I have enjoyed it. I love watching a grown man cry, you know? Oh, man. Um, what was your uh, high spot, low spot, Robert? Uh, high spot was from SmackDown, uh, the, the main event segment with Roman, uh, Heyman, uh, Cesaro, and Brian. The way that it played, because what I love the most about the Roman Reigns character is he, he maintains – this world of kayfabe and plays with the rules in it which was oh cesaro you want a title shot Nah, not gonna happen but brian you want a title shot i'll give that to you while you're standing next to your ally splintering you guys and kind of humiliating both of them it was was so well done and it was great i can't believe this is the same company that did raw uh which my my low spot for those of you that are on the ten dollar patreon you know what i'm gonna say um at one point Grown men came out with a guitar case and they opened that guitar case and it was filled with tomatoes and they threw it at other grown men who sold this as the worst thing that had ever happened to them. And it lasted for a good three minutes of people getting pelted with tomatoes. And we and we have the audacity to bury a Kenny Omega nine year old girl match. But instead on raw tomatoes. Can can I say this about it? The Miz specifically makes me go, okay, fine, 
for some reason, when the Miz does this shit, I go, yes, it's it is for nine year old. Like this is specifically for children. If 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 QT is for fifty and older, the Miz is for nine and under. Hundred percent. Miz is super over with my daughter because he was on a Nickelodeon show. Uh, they they put him on a couple of things, and she's like, "Oh, I know who the Miz is because he's on all this stuff that we don't watch, so we have no idea that he's any kind of a star." Yeah, dude, and then it, Morrison got hit in the balls with a tomato, and it's just like, "Oh man, for the kids, goddamn A plus work, man." Dan, well, I I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm reading the Daniel Bryan book now, or doing the audio book version of whatever. Um, but uh, he talks about the Miz, and he's very flattering. <laughs> he's very, he's just like, yeah, I was a better wrestler than the Miz, uh, and had more experience there. But he was like better at TV than me, you know. So it was Miz is does, the dream. He's he's the best kind. If you had an entire roster of either the Miz or an entire I, roster of Brian, you would pick Miz every day of the week if you're producing a TV show, because he can I play. Oh man, <laughs> he, no, no, no. The, I'm going to quantify it by saying he can be in any kind of role that you want. He can do serious. He can do the comedic. He can also do the press and he can do the mainstream stuff. And he's a consummate professional on television and will do any of it uh, in a way that would make Vince happy. So if I had to produce TV, Miz is infinitely easier. As much as I think Brian is by far my number one guy, uh, if I'm making WWE product, you want Miz all day, every day. Now, here's my knock on the company, though, which it, it makes the Miz uh, get insulted, is when everything else comes off hokey and stupid and silly and it, your main event comes off stupid and silly, it is hard to differentiate Miz between the rest of the show. And then so when you go, this sucked, you go, yeah, the, this guy threw tomatoes. And it's like, well, yeah, that is stupid in the context of, Wow, this was all very stupid. Like, dude, this show sucked, dude. This Alexa Bliss thing is crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. I will praise them. They they did one thing that I I don't know how it's working, but I'm loving it. Is Riddle and Randy Orton together is the kind of fun that we haven't seen on TV in a while. Their pre-tape where uh, Orton is is getting pissed at him, and he's like, "What planet are you from?" He goes, "Oh, bro, I'm from Earth." Like it was such a great oh, little moment. That was moment. really good. I, I like those two together. And their that, interplay in the tag, it's like that was a lot of fun. And and the yeah. thing that sucked was it was like twelve good minutes out of three hours, which isn't fair. And guess who's coming out of quarantine? Come uh, this Monday, AJ and Omos. So that'll be cool. And maybe they'll feud with the uh, Riddle and uh, or the tag champs. Uh, well, folks, you can see us break down Raw. On two, well, listen to us do it on Tuesday. And listen to us have a breakdown after watching Raw. <laughs> if it was anything like this week's show, oh man, yeah, this was uh, that was rough this week. That was rough this week, but I have faith. I have faith they're going to turn things around. Uh, but that's just my uh, I've been saying classes. that for I've been saying that since WrestleMania 17, Dan. <laughs> that's from classes. decades of abuse and <laughs> <laughs> Raw oh, from Stockholm time. next week. It's time for somebody's favorite segment, Grimmicks. This week, we're deciding which gimmick is worse. Fatu or the Sultan, and a, a, a shout out. Next week we're gonna do TL Hopper versus Duke the Dumpster Drossy. We're gonna find out who was the real shits. All right, let's get into oh. Fatu versus the Sultan. Uh, first, my first joke, my my joke, my first joke, my first <laughs> note. Jesus Christ, I should be shot in the field for saying that. Uh, is that Fatu is dressed like the art in a Hawaiian barbecue restaurant? Um, 
And uh, also, like, he keeps seeing, like, make a difference and think positive. And it just, like, after a while, it just becomes, like, things he had to say to himself to get through the gimmick, <laughs> you know? And it, like, it is just crazy, though, that that guy's had two gimmicks where he's like, no, the one where I, I basically wore a thong and rubbed my asses into people's faces, that's the good one, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, yeah, I, I think without a doubt, um, Fat 2 is the worst gimmick. Uh, what do you think, Robert? Yeah, uh, the Sultan was a was an interesting idea, and I like that it brought Sheik and, uh, and Backlund together. It was a weird little kind of storytelling thing that <laughs> – if you were an old school fan to see those guys unite over something kind of interesting, making a difference Fatu was an after school special as a wrestler. Oh um, and rough. it was, it, it reminded me of, if you remember that there was that t-shirt where it was Taz and Bugs Bunny and they're dressed like they're like in a street gang and they're like holding their arms back to back listeners know what this is. They can already picture it. And they're in like these bright colors. Like it's so inauthentic what Fatu was doing when he was, the head shrinker. He wasn't wearing shoes and he was a savage. And now all of a sudden he's, I'm going to talk to you guys today about the dangers of smoking cigarettes. Like I wanted to see him get his ass kicked every single week. If he was a heel, this would have been the best character ever. It would have been a good heel character. And also the Sultan is just kind of a nice moniker. I wouldn't mind being called a Sultan. And the like Sultan the Duke. feuded with the rock and helped, you know, Rocky Maivia become something. I don't yeah. know about that. That, that's where we disagree because I think Sultan is a bad name, but a better gimmick. I think Fatu is a bad motherfucker. Um, Fatu is, I mean, that's just their well, last name, the right? Was, was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the name Fatu. It makes me think of uh, a, a wrestling family that has, you know, uh, buried people under bars. Yeah, but this is making a difference, Fatu. This was him coming out there to be like, you know, hey kids, you know what's cool? Doing your homework. And now I'm gonna go <laughs> now I'm gonna go beat this guy up because I never yeah. did my homework. It looked like he was just gonna he was about to start freestyling at an after at an, like an after school <laughs> luncheon or something like that. And what I felt it, worse about was this was it made me think of that it, this was around the time that Yokozuna documentary was like I couldn't afford air conditioning for my house for my kids, but he was on <laughs> TV doing this positive gimmick. He I was close like the power to the company, brink. Power company saw that montage and they just shut it off. It had nothing to do with money. Um, uh, yeah. So I, 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 so Scott, what is it? What's the worst gimmick? Fat two or Sultan? Fat two. Uh, fat two. Fat two. And Zach, Zach, is this going to be a, a clean sweep? Yeah, I have no idea who either of these people are. <laughs> yeah, well, clean sweep it is. Clean sweep. And uh, finally, folks, we are debuting a new segment this week. This is a. This is a this is a fun one, and uh, Scott's about to take over. It's time for the inaugural edition of Tales from the Indies. Now it is the inaugural tale from the Indies, but uh, folks, uh, we do want you to to message us, email us, write us, however you need to contact us, DM us. And uh, tell us some of your favorite wrestling uh, indie stories. I want to I want to share stories that, you know, don't involve New Jack every time. <laughs> uh, I want to I want to have fun with this. I have been to a lot of indie shows. I have seen some of the dumbest goddamn things. I have seen dreams shattered. I have seen guys think their dreams came true, which is actually even sadder. Um, so please just send in just any oh, indie stories man. that 
just absolutely blew your mind. I mean, I didn't know little people existed until I went to an indie show at age seven. So just think of the uh, the, the, the 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 craziness that I really you're, like the, ca- like, you're like the dude, lead in insane. the Bronx tale. You're like Lilo Brancato. <laughs> dude, you're, you're, I didn't know these types of people existed down here. Wait, where did you see Jericho wrestle when you were seven? <laughs> <laughs> so this week I picked uh, uh, something that I absolutely love. It was posted on YouTube uh, seven years ago, but I, I never hear people talk about it. And I think these guys deserve their props um, in terms of artists. If this is the Kenny Omega episode, um, these guys are artists in the sense that one of the guys halfway through the match yells, <laughs> cut. <laughs> so let me explain what happens. Uh, this guy, Derek Billings, <laughs> which is the weirdest just... way to spell Derek Billings. Yeah. It's I mean, a- how would you describe what, what is his gimmick? I don't know. The bad guy from Swing Blade. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the younger murderer from making a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. The guy that Johnny Gage is embarrassed to be around. Uh, what's the gimmick? <laughs> uh, against uh, Skeeter. Yeah, who, Skeeter. I mean, this man is dressed like Luigi, but but oh, he looks like Ernest. <laughs> and uh, it is like Ernest goes to wrestling school. That's kind of what this match is. You show some respect for Skeeter. This crowd <laughs> loved him because I had to watch this and all I kept hearing was one girl screaming, Skeeter, Skeeter, Skeeter. for five minutes. So that, that was actually uh, she was yelling at her son, Skeeter, who was uh, <laughs> who was playing under the bleachers during the match. She was irritated. <laughs> Whose uh, father was Skeeter. <laughs> yeah, I think 80 percent of the audience was named Skeeter at this show. My name and is I- also Bort. Sorry. <laughs> so you have a match that is very awkward, very uncomfortable initially, right? If you want to look up this match, it is Derek Billings versus Skeeter shoot fight on YouTube. Uh, Indie World Wrestling posted it. And about four minutes and 30 seconds into this, Skeeter wants out. He thinks Derek is being too rough by attempting to do wrestling to him. I promise you, Derek was not too rough at this point because they didn't do (laughs) shit yet. (laughs) So Skeeter literally steps out of the ring. Uh, Derek grabs him outside of the ring to try to prevent him and then some other wrestlers there and grab Skeeter and then Derek gets shoot pissed and he should be so he, he swats Skeeter in the face but again slap it's a hard too, slap it's, it's not, not hard bad. like dude as a wrestler it's not, it's not that bad. and then it's like if you have uh, siblings you kind of know where this goes where it's like no I'm done playing and it's like no you said you wanted to wrestle and it's like well I don't want to wrestle anymore and he yells, cut! <laughs> and all the people are like, what? Kids. And he's like, cut, Stop cut, it. get away from me. And this guy is just like trying to get him into awkward headlocks. He wants nothing to do with this match. They put him back in the ring. They take him back out of the ring. Other guys actually have to come out and, 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 and separate them. Again, no one's life is in danger. This is not New Jack. This is Skeeter deciding... Fake punches hurt, too, because, of course, they do. You know, they do a little. But Skeeter didn't want them. So I didn't know anything about this until when you when you send me the, the, the link. And I just started watching it. And it was just a shitty indie match for about four minutes. But I had this feeling like I was watching a horror movie where I'm like, something horrible is about to happen. And I don't know what it's going to be. And I keep waiting for the buildup. And they're outside. And, and he locks Skeeter in a front face lock. And he's got a minute for a while. And then all of a sudden it's like shit gets real 
And I don't, he may have actually been, been squeezing, which, you know, as we learned from the Belzer video, a front face lock can put you out. So he may have been taking liberties with him. I don't know. It's hard to tell in a shitty indie match if the guy's taking liberties or he just can't work. But the other guy getting legitimately pissed and them not listening to each other was <laughs> was really embarrassing. Like if the guy is genuinely saying like in that hole, like, hey, let go, let go, let go. You let go. Like, who cares? There's nine people in there with seven teeth. You, you, you don't want this to happen. <laughs> but if this was an angle, it would have been the best angle. I'm surprised nobody's ripped this off. How has this not happened on some mainstream promotion where they're having the match and the guy just cut and just like, I'm done. This is not this is not for me and I'm leaving. I would have enjoyed the hell out of that. That's but, how Austin Aries was. Oh, God, this was. Uh, and and was look, dude, dude, was if the guy doesn't want to wrestle anymore and you are where you are, just let him walk out. There will be a 10 count. Eventually, the ref has to do the 10 count because guess what? It turns out that's, what's most important. True to this dude is winning because at the end of the match, he's like, say I'm the winner. I'm supposed to win this match. Say I'm the winner. I, I you, I've told story. I've told the story before, but like we had a dark, we had a dark match where Eddie in the middle of the match against Batista just decided, fuck it. I'm done with this match and just rolled out of the ring and walked to the back. I'm like, all right, well count him out. That's what you do. I don't think this guy could have gotten out of that, that uh, front face lock. But then oh, when yeah. other people came out from the back, I thought maybe this was an angle and then they got in each other's face like Jerry Springer style. And this became really interesting. And look, typically in, in wrestling, I would go, hey, we are at a show. You know, this is a show and and you don't want to be a part of this anymore. You're giving up. You know, yeah, this guy should shoot beat you up, you know. But then when you look at the room, too, you go like it's actually more disrespectful to wrestling to continue doing this in the ring. <laughs> I felt bad for whatever local TV affiliate had their banner oh, in the background so for funny. this. It was like for the local <laughs> news on the My Network channel, like affiliate. Dude. Like they, they 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 got their money's worth on the advertising. All right. He's well, like, who? I'm done. I'm done. And then the show ends. Match ends. They announce uh, the other dude as the winner. And then you just hear everybody whispering about what just happened and how uncomfortable <laughs> they are. Al, what's more embarrassing? Like, like, like comedians that like a comedy show that ends like that or a wrestling show that ends like that. What do you think? Well, I, I, I have definitely seen or, or struggling. <laughs> okay. A struggling comic versus struggling. What's, what's the more desperate, I guess the struggling wrestler, right? Well, so here's the thing: when when a wrestler is struggling, um, the, the their partner is the other wrestler, and so that is the issue. But when a comic is struggling, their partner is uh, the audience. <laughs> so it's actually way more embarrassing. It's almost like if Skeeter was just in the ring by himself and said, "I don't want to do this. Screw you guys!" And they're just like, "Hey, we're just listening. If anything, slightly whispering to each other." And it's just like, no, I can't do it. That's comedy when someone has a comedy meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling mel when, meltdown's when, way less embarrassing. No, wrestling meltdown is way worse because what happens <laughs> is, is when they start screwing up, sometimes they overcompensate and they start getting really stiff and reckless. And that's how people wind up getting hurt because I've seen it happen. Dude, uh, dude. It, at least if you like, you know, if you're having a really bad set, you're not suddenly going to accidentally get dropped on your head. I'm hoping I don't I've, I've seen some of the places Amen. you've, you've uh, worked in on YouTube. Scott. Dude, Dan, remember, I know happened. I know Mike's not here to speak about it, but Mike, somebody uh, threw something at Mike's face once. Right. And he, I remember him showing up to the pit and 
and he had a big cut on his eye because there was a guy who punched him. I know. Oh, a guy punched him. Yeah. And and his glasses cut his face. Right. Why did I punch him? He was doing a show. He was on stage. He was just doing his act. He was just doing his act. And the guy was like, I find that offensive. It's crazy people. people. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, you got to be, by the way, I'm back in New York comedy. (laughs) (laughs) At uh, New York comedy club in the comedy cellar on Sunday. Comedy seller get on uh, Wednesday and uh, the comic strip on Thursday. And I think I'm doing some those tiny covered shows. It should oh, be dude, fun. Speaking, speaking fun of indie stuff. shows, I have a uh, I have a show this Saturday in Queens in uh, Ray Gutz's backyard for the for, for comedians who uh, know what that means. That is a, an indie show, but a hell yeah. of an indie show. I don't know what his address is and I don't know if I, could I did. Uh, I did one of the haunted house shows there. Oh, hell yeah. Watch I have down. no idea what's going on, but I'm I'm all about it. Wow. Now, when you guys are performing now, like indoors, are you supposed to still wear a mask when you're on stage? No, uh, no. no, not really. But I don't know. I mean, some people do, but, but nobody I mean, does. I'll, I'll say this: like, I have a, a comedy club's outdoor show tonight that was on a roof that was canceled because it's raining. So, yeah. oh yeah, that can happen, right? Yeah, yeah and I'll be on. Uh, I'll be live tweeting just to give some show business again. Uh, I'll be live tweeting from the Russell Roasts account um, tomorrow, Monday Night Raw, and uh, we have something to sports entertainment with on Monday. We don't have a patron this week, but if you become a ten dollar uh, patron, you can get uh, something to sports entertainment with. Uh, next week we'll be roasting the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, and, and next week's Patreon. Will be the roast of Dave Meltzer, and we'll be reviewing Triple H starring in The Chaperone. So a lot of fun shows coming up, folks. I'm back, you know, you know, doing that New York comedy thing. I'm also at a show in Arnold's Park, Iowa, at the end of the month, and then I'm in Poughkeepsie uh, next month. And you know, tell your friends about it, man. Post about it. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, let people know about us and the wrestling forums and the. And uh, five star. I'm sorry, I always sound like like I'm a character from Glenn Harry Glenn Ross. Uh, but uh, leave five stars. Leave a great review. Thank you for all uh, the re- the really uh, great reviews that we've been getting. Uh, a shout out to Stephen in California and just some guy named G Y G H G F F and everybody before that. Uh, it sounds pretty- like you accidentally read your password to something. <laughs> You might want to delete that, Zach. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, uh, those, those are all my uh, all my plugs. Uh, Scott, do you have any other plugs? Uh, no, man. Listen to old episodes of Garbage Days. Uh, it was a podcast they do with Brendan Saglow. That, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you also for everybody who's been going back in the backlogs and listening to the old episodes. Appreciate it. It helps us. Yeah, join, uh, join the WrestleWars Patreon. Even, even if you're just listening to the roast, the roasts. You know, that helps us. Uh, I think our Rob, Patreon episodes have ruled, too. So go listen to them. Oh, yes. our, Patre- our Patreon, epi- the New Jack Patreon episode, I thought was a hell of a lot of fun. Ruled hard. Uh, uh, and then you, before uh, that, we did Teddy Hart. And on one of those roasts, I had balls. You'll figure out which one. <laughs> yes. That, and the reason why he's still alive is he waited <laughs> on the other one. Um, the reason why I'm still alive is because New Jack doesn't have $5. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And if you're on Facebook, we have a Wrestle Roast Facebook group. Uh, I keep seeing people joining every day. Great. Uh, keep uh, keep keep uh, connecting with us on there and Twitter and oh. Instagram. And do we have a TikTok? I'm too old for that shit. I don't know. We don't have a TikTok, works. but I have a TikTok. I post our videos on TikTok. Not I post our videos on my Instagram or the Russell Roast's Instagram or the uh, Russell Roast Twitter. I usually retweet your 
one. So thanks. You can't everybody. escape us. Yes, we're 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 like a virus, uh, and uh, it's running WWE, so it's spreading, folks. Uh, Zach, what do you got for us? Wash your hands. Thank you, folks. Have a good one. Yeah.